Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Abstract. I'm Dan, here with Derek. How are you doing, Derek? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well. We had a Beyond the Abstract reunion a couple weeks ago. Normally these episodes are recorded Boston and Philly. Yeah, that was really fun. It was nice having you in town, Dan. You got to do some of the highlights. I took you to the Magic Gardens, to Reading Terminal. I took you to my favorite pho restaurant. Between the $12 pho and the feast we had at Laser Wolf, highly recommend that place. That was excellent. Even the Baba Ganoush? Even the Baba Ganoush. <laughs> That was especially the Baba Ganoush. Especially the Baba Ganoush. Well, almost as fun as the visit is the article that we're talking about today, which is called Cardiogenic Control of Effective Behavioral State. This came out in Nature in March 2023 from the Dizeroth Lab at Stanford. That sounds pretty cool. Can you tell us about the study? In this study, the authors were looking at the link between the body and the mind. And as we all know, there are a lot of associations between what's going on in the brain and the rest of the body. For example, if we close our eyes and have an anxiety-inducing thought, our heart might start beating faster, and we know that it was that thought that caused that. Some of the associations, though, have less clear causation. For example, a recent study found that people with panic disorders had higher rates of problems with the valves in their heart. And it's not so clear which one is causing the other, if they are even causal. And in general, the question of whether states in the body, such as variation in function of the heart, can change our mood and behavior is unknown. Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. I certainly associate the way my body reacts with certain emotions. So the authors here were trying to understand whether changes in bodily states can directly affect the mind. This sounds like a really hard thing to study. This is a hard problem to study because it's been challenging to experimentally change a bodily function without also affecting the brain. There are medications you could give, such as a beta blocker, which would slow the heart. But we also know separately that you can give the same medication to reduce anxiety. So the authors turn to an approach that was developed initially to control the brain. So if we rewind back to the early 2000s, we're talking the Stone Ages around 2003. This is before the iPhone came out a long time ago. Carl Dizeroth was in his early 30s and had just opened his lab at Stanford. And it's around this time that he started on a new technology that would end up being very important in the field of neuroscience called optogenetics. Other people around the same time had developed a protein that when light was shined on it, an electrical current would flow through the channel, which is pretty crazy. 
This lab showed that if you shine light on the neurons, then you could cause those neurons to fire, and then you could do all sorts of important neuroscience experiments with this approach. Something that's interesting about the link between the brain and the heart is that they both function through transmission of electrical currents. So just as neurons in the brain fire, cells in the heart called cardiomyocytes also conduct electrical currents, causing them to contract and make the heart squeeze blood throughout the body. And it was with this insight that the researchers adapted the optogenetics tool to be expressed by heart muscle cells in mice. And they showed that if you shine the same light on the hearts of the mice, you could get the hearts to beat at a particular rate. So you could control heart rate. Yeah, that's wild. So just using light, they could essentially independently control um, cardiac activity without affecting anything else in the body. They did get very fashionable with these little vests that had lights built in on them, and then they would be walking around, and then the light would shine, and their heart would beat at a particular rate. I love imagining these, like, mice just wearing tiny little vests. It's so cute. Scientifically very cool and also pretty cute. So what did they first look at in these mice where they could control the heart rate? One of the really interesting things that they first noticed was that when they used this light to increase the heart rate of the mice, it seemed to make the mice more anxious or scared. So for example, when they increased the heart rate of the mice, the mice exhibited anxiety-associated behavior, so spending less time in an open, exposed part of an experimental field. And what this made the team wonder was whether there were any particular parts of the brain that were controlling the response between increased heart rate that they were creating with the light vests and this behavioral output of anxiety behavior. All right, I see. So when they turned on these lights, they were essentially able to make the hearts beat faster. And when they did this, these mice exhibited a lot of signs of anxiety, which they measured using these mazes and exploratory behaviors in an open field. How did they go about looking for the brain regions responsible for converting the faster heart rate into behavior? And what did they find? They did this in a couple ways. They first did a broad survey across different regions of the brain to see which parts fired more after this cardiac pacing. And they found increased activation in a couple regions of the brain, including the frontal and insular cortices. Then they looked closer at the insular cortex to see if they could find responses both from individual neurons as well as from groups of neurons. And they found exactly this. They found individual neurons in the brain that fired more after they paced the heart with the light vest. So again, this is showing that by changing heart rate, there were 
areas of the brain and even individual neurons that were responding to the heart going faster. That's pretty cool. So it looks like the brain and the heart are linked in some way, even down to individual neurons, and it all depends on how fast the heart is beating. Does that suggest that if these brain responses were somehow interrupted, the effect of cardiac pacing on anxiety behavior could be reduced? Yeah, that's exactly what they looked at next. So they did this in a cool way where they had the mice wear the vest to make their heart go faster. But then they also applied the original optogenetic techniques to the brain to suppress firing of those same neurons in the insular cortex to see if they could break this circuit. So again, it's from the heart beating faster to these neurons firing in the brain to the anxiety behavior. But they wondered if they could shut down the activity of that part of the brain, whether they could reduce the anxiety output that they saw in the mice. And that was exactly what they found, that the mice, after suppressing the firing of that part of the brain, had less anxiety behavior, suggesting that that region of the brain was involved in relaying the effect of the cardiac activity to the anxiety behavior. It's a pretty cool study. I think I especially liked their use of optogenetics in a few novel ways to control heart rate and see how it can affect brain firing. It all seems pretty cool. What do you think are the major strengths and limitations of this study? I agree. I think the coolest part is adapting the optogenetic technique to make the heart beat faster. I think that a limitation is that it's possible that the increase in the heart rate is causing some other change in the body that is then sensed by the brain. It's difficult to know whether it is actually the change in the heart rate that's being perceived or some other downstream change. For example, a drop in blood pressure, and maybe that is actually what is being sensed by the brain. It's also an open question how the brain is perceiving those changes in bodily physiology. What is the pathway from the heart back up to the brain? But overall, I think it's a very creative study and is an exciting example of modern science addressing these ancient theories of emotion. Do we see this being used clinically at all? Like maybe reducing heart rates perhaps to achieve some physiological outcome? I think it's definitely possible. As we mentioned before, there are some medications that are now given to reduce anxiety, which also reduce heart rate. And this work suggests that there may be a link from reduced heart rate to reduced anxiety behavior that is actually being mediated through the reduction in heart rate. I think this work opens up the possibility of reducing 
heart rate as a anxiety management approach. This is a really cool study, Dan. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Anytime, Derek. Talk to you later. Yeah, we did. And it was all fun and games until a certain someone was throwing up all night in the toilet. Poor Dan. Okay, no. We, we, were, we were... Oh, we're not going to talk about that? <laughs> not going to talk about that. Wait, yes we are. Oh my god, that's like the no. best part. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. No one wants to hear that. No. What? Everyone wants to hear that. No. Um, okay. Yeah, Dan, it was really nice having you in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>